We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. GQ Faith Podcast. Um, this week, you've got me, your host, Mickey Collin. I'm joined on the line and on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, by Mark Corby, Cy Carmel, and Ben Wade. Hello, chaps. Evening. Hello, Before we start, you know, we're going to go on a bit of a rambling assessment of Newcastle United at the moment. We'll, we'll have a look at the game against West Brom as well. Um, but if you like what you hear, give a little thumbs up in the bottom corner, click subscribe. Don't forget, uh, it really helps us do what we're doing, so it'll be massively appreciated. That's if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, then great. Thank you very much for that. It's massively appreciated. Lads, Newcastle United, basket case club as always, and I feel like we've said this many times before, we've had a more mental week than usual. Um now, it says a lot about Newcastle United that, that that's a phrase that has been regularly uttered by fans of this terrible football team. But but here we are. This is Newcastle United at the moment. I want to start by putting a bit of context around this game and kind of the, the, the first major event of the of this week was um, what I've, I've decided to write in my notes as Richie Gate, you know, getting, getting with the times. Um, the massive fallout which Steve Bruce has had with Matt Ritchie, which has been supposedly overplayed in the media and happens in every training ground every single week up and down the country. I'm not sure whether I believe that's I. What are you, what's your thoughts? Look, I do believe that bust-ups happen between players, between managers, between managers and players. I don't believe one, well, obviously they don't get leaked all the time because this has been a bit of a sensation that the stories come out. But two, I don't believe that bust-ups occur over the fact that the manager blamed a goal that was conceded on the substitute coming on the pitch and not instructing five different players to get into the right position before we concede the goal. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, so I'm just not... Ha- he's he's sim- oversimplifying it by saying, oh, these things happen all the time and making it all about the mole in the club uh, rather than about the fact that, bloody hell, you've lit- Steve, you've gone and barged one of your players who was upset that you blamed the dropping of two points solely on him um, and then refused to speak to him because that was the, the story, wasn't it? That Matt Ritchie tried to speak to him that night on the phone. Steve refused. They had a couple of days off, didn't speak to him, comes to training and Steve's hiding in his office by the sounds of it. And then he says, can, can, can someone tell Matt that I can, uh, I can, I'll see him now? So was it Steve Agnew or one of the other Steves? Like none of that happens every, every day up and down the country. So he's been far too, far too uh, blasé with that statement, which he repeated and repeated and repeated. Happens all the time, doesn't man? Doesn't I agree? It does. It doesn't. And and Ben, the the real crucial question of this is, who's a mole? 
<laughs> well, I was just going to go back. I've, I've just got an image of, of Steve like sitting behind like 10, 10 inches of like perspex glass in his like in his <laughs> office. Like you, you, you can send him in now, like through like some sort of recording. And he's like <laughs> in like a really secure element. Like, hello, Matt. Obviously, Richie didn't go in. But, His um, voice is uh, protected. It's one of those hollow mud. Is that you, Steve? I, I can't actually see you. It's, it's one of the Steves. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, who's the more, Mickey? Who knows? It could be anyone. I, I think there's 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 literally so many people that, that could have or have, have good reason to, to um, be leaking things given everything that's going on um <clears throat> i mean i think i think the only player that he seems to have the backing of at the minute is is john joe shelby who oblivious to everybody else seems to think he's doing a great job um whereas everybody every other player you can see the frustration i mean it's been a few things picked up where like obviously hayden's been been a bit displeased in terms of um he sort of reacted to things i mean i can't imagine lascelles is, is too too happy um obviously they seem to have a Difference of opinion after that Wolves Wolves game, and, and obviously as as captain, you would you would think he he would be sort of the the mouthpiece and the and the go between for the for the rest of the squad and and Bruce. Um, I, I don't imagine Lascelles would be the one sort of leaking anything, but um, there's a lot a lot of people there. I mean, obviously Darlow could could have quite easily thought, well, <laughs> if if that's the way we're conducting things at the minute. Um, through the press, then, then, then fair game. So, um, I mean, I, again, I don't. I'd, I'd be very surprised if it, surprised if it if it was any um, sort of. I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I, I, I can't imagine any, many of the, the players would necessarily be speaking to to the press. They'll obviously have their. They, they probably have certain people that they speak to on, off the record a lot and things like that. But um, a story like this, it just it, it it is it is an unusual one um, to to get out, as you say. If it is as commonplace as it as as they're all making it out to be, um, it it just seems a little bit unusual. But I can understand, given the the complete sort of um, just 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 the way the, the lack of unity in in the squad at the minute. You, you can tell, obviously, the, the staff seem to be turning on the players. The the players are obviously. Sort of fighting back, sticking up with themselves, which they've got every right to. Um, I mean, that that was not one person's um, fault. The other night, there was a, uh, an accumulation of errors, um, starting with with the man that made the decision to to make all the changes. So, um, and and I just think it's disappointing. In it, in it, I mean, I I kind of understand that the situation he's in. He's probably thinking. I need to sort of deflect a bit of blame onto somebody else because he's getting all the, the pressure at the minute. But most managers would would take the flack in that situation. I mean, you look at, I mean, Lampard's just been sacked recently. He 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 came out and was was fronting up a few times, saying that that sort of rests. I mean, I know he called out a few plays as well, but when when the big sort of issues occurred in the results, ultimately he he acknowledged that it's the manager that that has to take responsibility for it. Yeah, Bruce seems to be sort of free of that. Can I, just, can I just come back to that? Sorry, I think what you could easily have said is like, look, we had a couple of injuries during the game. We had to think quickly and, and respond to that quickly. Unfortunately, we had a free kick. It was taken quickly and we hadn't been organised. We all have to hold our hands up instead of just saying Matt didn't get the instructions on. I mean, there's no need to call out the player individually. You could easily have said, look, we've, we've, we're caught off guard by the injuries and we had to make some pretty big changes to the team and they've, they've 
just broke on us while we're doing it. All you had to say. I mean, in terms of the actual going through the the, the sort of um, catalogue of errors that, that followed as well, though, he, he's literally naming every yeah, much every, every player that, that had a hand in the goal. Again, like that doesn't need to be made public, Steve. Like, yeah. if, especially in a in a situation where confidence is low, like there's a lot of pressure on everybody. We're, we're fighting for survival here, like. You as the as the sort of the, the leader of that group should not be going out and calling out people in that situation, especially the, the people that it was in terms of Jamal Lewis has had a really, really tough season, um <laughs> facing a second relegation, back to back relegation. Um and, and obviously is obviously come in and, and has really struggled. Um you, you, you obviously Dubravka's just come back in. You've you've just made a massive um call in terms of you've you've dropped Darlow and, and put Dubravka in and the, the first thing you, you do to him is is is, is basically criticise him. So I just think he and and I, I think this is the problem with Bruce is he, he's too close with the media and too pally. He's, obviously he's he's uh, well liked within the media. I think this is where it's kind of counting against him to to be sort of oh as as open as he is with all all of those. Exactly, and it's kind of like it just sums up Newcastle as a whole. The disharmony amongst the squad and the the, the management and and between the two is is all wrong and you know the fact that this has got out at all i like to think that the mole was was joe linton because it's the best pun mole linton obviously um could it, it could have been anyone and that that says everything you know that that's not the kind of thing you know Sai you said before these things may well happen up and down the country quite often and they probably do but but what's happening in castle doesn't happen you know there, there isn't a number of different people that would release something like this to the press and the build up to a an absolutely crucial game and mark i wanted to think i wanted you to have a think and explain what your thoughts were about our preparation for such a massive game and and you know coupling everything that was said already with the fact that we had three days off after the last game well the question is is what was the preparation because from what we're seeing yesterday on the uh on the football field it didn't look as if there'd been any preparation at all considering <laughs> considering we've been um we've been you know told on numerous occasions that all of a sudden um we are you know, hamstrung because of three injuries to the forwards. Now, the way I look at it is, is it doesn't need anyone to really say that, you know, the two wins in 15 before yesterday in the league, um, had the majority of those games. Well, that's in the league. But well, it's 18 in all competitions, isn't it? So two and 15 in the league, if we just stick to the, uh, stick to the league stats, um, the majority of those featured the three players that were injured. So, when, as as you say, the preparation, like, days off, um, obviously, we could do without the off-the-field turmoil. But for me, I applaud, I applaud Craig Hope. I don't want to go into it too much, but I applaud him because he's he's basically confirming that what, what we all already know. Steve Bruce is living on a reputation of being a good man-manager. He's called out players on a few occasions now. He calls, he's called out tactics. He's blamed... Um, Rafa, he's, he's blamed everyone apart from taking responsibility himself for anything. I, I don't think between us four now, we can think of any example in his ten, tenure where he's actually held his hand up and said, I'm the blame. I've got one. He, he admitted that the first half against Sheffield United when we lost wasn't good enough. We drew ah. the second half and he was happy with that, but he admitted that yeah. first 45 minutes of one game wasn't good enough. No, but that wasn't down to him. He, he didn't say <laughs> he that. Probably the players. He said we... Yeah, if yeah, collective, yeah. we we weren't good enough, which good is point. what he good already point. already comes down. To, what he always comes back to. I think I think that you know, I think there was more concern 
over <laughs> over what we there was more concern i thought from steve bruce about not getting beat there was more concern about making sure that we were still above the uh, the bottom three there didn't seem any inspiration or any drive to go down there and get the three points and um yet yet again i don't think anyone had any confidence going to that game not one person i know expected us to pick up three points yesterday and just to conclude whatever preparation did occur yes there would have been an effect in some shape or form but at the end of the day, he's a football manager. The team, the, the team of footballers, they, sh they, sh they should have enough in them to go down to a team, second bottom of the league, absolutely rubbish team, let's be honest. Should have enough to go down there and pick up three points. And lo and behold, we didn't. Fulham have picked up uh, victory and were, 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 were even in bigger shit than what we were last week, which is just, it's just unbelievable, lads. Just back to the, uh, the, the three days off, Mickey. Um... His excuse, his excuse for that was that they were planned in weeks ago, which I, I find that pretty weak. I mean, even if, and he explained something along the lines of the sports scientist said that uh, the players needed to, to plan some days in off because we've been going at it pretty hard with the, the fixture schedule. I can kind of accept that maybe they have planned in some downtime, but it comes back to what Mark's just been saying. This game was must win. It was massively must win. We had to win at West Brom because of the fixtures we've got left. They were one of the beatable teams. So maybe, Steve, maybe you have to be a manager and look at that. Well, actually, we'll plan a couple of days off, but this game is really important. I've got three players missing. I'm going to have to rework things a bit. We need a bit more time on the training ground. And yes, that doesn't have to be intense sprints and shuttles and and actual football. It can be like shadow play. It can be positional. It could be just tactics. Get the lads in. Talk about what you're going to do against West Brom. That's what was lacking on yesterday's game. There was no obvious change of plan, all he's done is think, right, well, Willock can sort of play where Almiro normally plays. We'll try that. Uh, we'll just take Joe Linton in, uh, in Wilson's position and hope for the better. You know, there was no preparation for that game, and those days off are probably why. Um, so his inability, his inflexibility around what was a massive game for us, you know, other managers would have ripped up that, that plan of days off and gone, right, hang on, we've got a massive game here. We need to do something else. We need to get the lads in. We'll, we'll not we'll not go too hard because they've been you know it's been a lot of games but would need a plan and prepare to win this game and there was none of that none of that at all. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's that inflexibility just like spans across all of this as well, doesn't it? Like you, we're going to come out of the, the setup for the team in a second and 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 you know you you flash back to the start of the gloves being off and the start of the Jones era and everything. That's when we first started with this system. We've played it in every single game since then and it's basically not worked since. Just mental, and it's like it was so rigid with everything that we're still playing that system now, and we'll probably still play that system on Friday night, even though it's the wrong system to play in that game as well as it was for the game of yesterday. Also, inflexible attitude to these days off, which are supposedly being scheduled. Mental, absolutely crazy way to run things, to to plan things two weeks in advance and not react to things that have happened. It's just it's just nuts. We've got a we've got a one one draw at home to Wolves, and we're looking at the most important game with Newcastle United have had since the last time we got relegated. We'll have two days off in a row. Sunday, Monday. And then you think about that as well, those two days off. That was time when he refused to speak to Matt Ritchie, made him wait until the Tuesday, stewing on it in the house. Of all the people in the whole world, Matt Ritchie, you're letting him like kick off in his house on his own for two days before he comes to see It's just insane. It's just I hope it was insane. his house. Sorry, Ben. I hope it was that he was in Matt Rich I hope it was Matt Ritchie's house that he was in. Actually <laughs> he's in like an Airbnb or something, and someone's come back like, oh God. <laughs> lost, yeah, lost, lost his damage deposit, hasn't he? 
yeah it's gone it's just like that that inflexible attitude i feel like it just sums up everything everything at newcastle at the minute and it's good it's a good way to segue into the setup for the team because i thought it was a an absolute catastrophe ben tell, tell us your thoughts on the system i mean it it, it just didn't as as you said it's it's kind of weird we're not adapting to how we're playing and, and, and how other, other teams are playing. Um, it was very much a case of, oh, well, we won a, we've, we've won two games <laughs> play, playing this way um, in, in six or whatever it is, seven, seven games or whatever. But um, it, it, it's, as, as you say, again, it's another area where there's, there's inflexibility. It's like, oh, well, this is the only way we can play now. Um, we haven't, haven't got any other possible, possible way of, of, of putting this team out. Um, and and it involves putting play, playing players out of position. I mean, Jeff Hendrick obviously came in to sort of play like a, I guess on the on the right side of of a sort of a midfield three, as you say. Um, Hayden and Shelby in the middle, and then and Willock sort of played a bit more of an advanced role. But um, it just we just didn't have any 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 control really. Um, in the first half, I mean, the only real chances we got was when we managed to to sort of capitalise on on a couple of errors that they made, where um, we ended up with with sort of two on two situations. And unfortunately, I mean, Joe Linton's had the the, the big sort of moment in the game um, where he tried to square it. And to, to be fair, I've seen a lot of people saying he's got to shoot. I can promise you, I was not like shouting at him to shoot at that <laughs> point. I was screaming, pass, pass, pass. Because because we're well we all know what what uh, what his shooting's like, um, I, I I just think they 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 ran out of ideas very quickly and especially um, at, at half time the big thing is I mean you you look at any sort of manager uh, will be able to identify and, and adapt as the game goes and, and read the game and, and be able to make the changes at half time and that 15 minutes can can be sort of the, the difference between the team winning the game and, and losing it. And and you tend to see the good coaches, and I'm not talking even about the best, just the good coaches will make um, alterations uh, with, with the system and, and sort of adapt to how the game's going. There was none of that, which just ended up with us coming out. And, and basically West Brom probably had the better of the second half as a result of that, um, realising where we'd had our little bits of success. We didn't get any of that second half and. Um, I mean, it's difficult because you, you look on the bench. There's not a huge, huge amount of, of sort of game changes there. But you've, you've got Jacob Murphy, who who could have potentially come in, didn't didn't get a look in. Um, get, get, he brings Gale on, um, but it, it's it's just there wasn't there wasn't enough there. I, I just don't think he he has any idea. It's it's obvious he's bereft of any ideas um, of of what to do with this this group of players. It's worse than that, isn't it? Like, like his in-game management is so bad that he acknowledged in his interview afterwards that he, he didn't bring Gale on earlier because he didn't want to change the system. And Mark, I just that that staggers me. You know why? Yeah, you, you you've got to look at the lineup. <laughs> I mean, look, we're, we're probably clutching at straws here in a way. But Mankilo is for me my best right back. If he's not fit, why is he on the bench? He should have been playing. Simple as that. We all know Kraft is limited. Don't want to make him out to be a scapegoat, but he gets caught out time and time again. Uh, Dwight Gale, probably the only one, um, apart from Wilson, who can grab you a goal, in my opinion. A proper striker who will be able to grab you a goal. Um, but he decides to play Willock in a false number nine role, I believe. I mean, are, are these 
is every position now becoming false? Because it's going to be a point <laughs> where, where no no position's going to exist. I mean, just just call him a forward. Call him someone who you're going to hang your hat on to grab you a goal. And the fact that he, he preferred to play Willock as the most advanced midfielder, shall we say, and Joe Linton on the right-hand side of a front three. And, and Fraser, I, I, I st- the jury's still out on him, by the way. I, I just don't see anything from that lad. And then you've got you've got Fernandez again. He's probably been my most consistent centre half. Um, why is my best centre half on the bench? I know I know it didn't matter overall, but I just find some of the selection just totally totally baffling. I've always been a firm believer on pick your best players in their best positions. And at the moment, all I see is Steve Bruce making up numbers, making up positions, and going for a nil nil draw at West Bromwich Albion. It's just not good enough. No. Look, he's won. He's won two games in fifteen, uh, and the, the two times he's won a game was playing this formation. So I can understand. Not that it makes any sense, or I'm forgiving it. I can understand why he's too scared to change the formation. That's not good enough. Obviously, that's not good enough. I'm just saying I can get inside Steve Bruce's stupid mind and see that that's what he's doing. Um, it's not good. It's not a Premier League manager that's too scared to change the tactics when all the players that that tactics is built for aren't available. So instead, he's got four centre mids playing, and one of them is a striker. Um, he's got Joe Linton just kind of in a, in a free roll, <laughs> wherever the hell he was playing, barely touching the ball. And I agree entirely, if Mankio is fit to play, he's going to start, like, we've leaked so many goals through Kraft. Playing him is a risk, but um, I don't think that game was about defensively. I think we've, uh, we've approached a game against the West Brom side, have won three matches all season, not really expecting to beat them, as you've said. Uh, you know, West Brom... Even with Allardyce, they've lost 3-0, 4-0, 5-0 twice at home. They've conceded like 25 goals at home since Allardyce took over. And we didn't go there thinking, oh, let's let's have a bit of a go. Instead, we went there terrified. And it's, you know, after the match, Bruce, Bruce has basically said, we'll, we'll take a point. So it's just hideous, hideous. It's, happy. it's almost like he's happy with the point. And, you know, in his, his own words, we'll move on. You contrast, contrast the attitude of his... Of his post-match press conference and clearly the way he set the team up with what Scott Parker and Fulham did at Liverpool and it's chalk and cheese you know that you can't even compare the two of them anymore and it's an absolute travesty that that's that's where we're at with this Newcastle side that we're our manager in my opinion our manager has put his own his own position and his own reputation above the needs of the team and the needs of the club and he's gone there to get a draw so that he didn't lose because if he lost even even Mike Ashley and Lee Charney, who are clearly not paying attention this season, would have had to seriously think about sacking him. And the draw is just enough for him to keep his job. And I, I, I genuinely think that that's, that's gone through his mind of, if I get a draw, I can stay. Just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words about it. It's, it's, it's that bad. Yeah. It's, you, you, just can't, you just can't accept it. And, and you know, what, what are we going to turn out to be? Um, a few people... A few people on social media had said that a point might be a decent enough result if uh, if Fulham got beat, Fulham win, and we at Liverpool, and we're now one point clear of of, the, of two teams that are better than us. If we're at inside, what where are we now? Nah, the, I mean Fulham's result at Liverpool is a disaster. Obviously, when you look at the league table now, but that has no bearing on whether or not our our draw at West Brom is a good result. It was always a terrible result um, because they're one of the bottom two teams who've barely won a game. And that's now West Brom and Sheffield United, who we've we've got one point from their two games. So where where are we getting wins from? Where are we getting three points from? 
it's really really hard to see um i don't i don't know i don't know um on the same token i wouldn't say we're we're dead and buried because it'll just take one win and a draw maybe to to paint a different picture because that's how tight it is down there and basically all the bottom teams aren't picking up points regularly with the exception of fulham uh, but you know uh, liverpool are on a bad run and they were there to be to be um to be taken to task and Fulham just went there brave enough and thinking, well, actually these are beatable. Other teams have done it. We're going to try and beat them instead of just writing that game off. So you look at Brighton as the team we might have to try and just out survive now. I think Fulham might, might be able to kick on, but Brighton are the other team like us who just cannot string results together. So it's, it's on a knife's edge. And I think we're as close to relegation as we are not, you know, it really could go either way now. I, I can't, I, it's, more than possible we go down from where we are. Uh, but it just takes one win and a bit of a confidence boost from somewhere. But as I said before, it's just where that comes. But Steve Bruce has done it a few times now where the, the result comes from nowhere. Everton came from nowhere. So I am trying to be optimistic and hoping that out of nowhere, with absolutely no logic to it, we might just find the points to stay up. The, the, con- the big concern for me, though, is, is as you say, F- Fulham are one of the top forms in the league now. I think they're in... In the last six games, I think they're fourth or fifth in in terms of form. So they're absolutely flying, and there's there's no there's no signs that that's gonna they're gonna fall off a cliff. Um, no. they're, they're, they're they're literally like a juggernaut at the minute. They're they're picking up points all over the shop, and fully deserved that that win against Liverpool. And it just shows, as you say, they they've approached that game full belief, know, knowing that Liverpool are in a, a shocking phase at, at the minute. Um, They've they've completely lost it and, and they went and fair play to them, capitalised on it. Um we got massively lucky on Saturday night with Leicester coming back um to, to beat Brighton. I mean, Brighton, I, I I can't really believe how Brighton how we're ahead of Brighton at this point. You you watch their games, they they give everybody a good game, they just lack that that goal scorer and, and they somehow shoot themselves in the foot. Um but it's it they're they're so much closer to sort of making the connection and, and sort of getting things together and actually going on a good run than we are. We we just look dead and buried. You say we're not dead and buried, Ty. We look literally as in we're in quicksand. We're only going one way and, and there's, no, there's no way to get out. And I, I just think it's going to take some sort of miracle of, I, I don't even know how it's going to happen, how, how Brighton aren't going to pick up more points than us with, when you look at the games left. I mean, we've, we've still got Brighton to play. That is a huge, huge game. But I, I can't see how... I mean, we, we saw at the beginning of the season how easily they, they, they batted with. Um, and it's just, I, I, I just can't see how we, we get anything from that game. So the reality is, is when we play them in a in a couple of games time, we're probably going to be in the bottom three. And I, I just can't see, as you say, where we're going to accumulate the points. Going back to your point, Mickey, or was it Sai, where we've, we've taken two points off the two worst teams in the league. Like who, and, and it comes back to a couple of the things. So just, to make another point, I've seen a few things on social media about people saying the players aren't good enough. Hang on, like, what do you mean they're not good enough? That compare them to the other teams down there. Like, man for man, I wouldn't have taken any of those West Brom players over any of our players. Chef, you again, I'm not, there's not too many of those, those guys will be picking. Fulham, there's not too many of the, the Fulham players. I mean, Fulham had picked up 13 points at the halfway stage. They've they've just found a bit of confidence, and the manager's actually done something with that squad where they've they've worked and they've built up confidence. 
to a point where they've, they've, they've got, got on a bit of a run and, and things would go right for them. There's absolutely no prospect, prospect of that happening with us and with I, I can't really see any way that we get out of this. Just uh, perfectly put, Ben, to be honest, mate. It's, uh, it is doom and gloom. But what, what, what I found laughable, I mean, we mentioned Sam Anadise, um, obviously. Uh, we've got Steve Bruce. And what I found funny, I watched it on a, an alternative channel, shall we say, and uh, Ian Dark. Ian Dark was a commentator. I know Ian Dark, for me, was a, a brilliant commentator in the early 90s. He, he was part of, you know, the, the Sky Sports when it first started off. And uh, he absolutely loved Newcastle under Kevin Keegan. But what I found very interesting was the game was clearly going to be awful. Um, so after about half an hour, uh, they, made a, they made a point about how it was easy to see Newcastle's numbers on the shirt, which was just, what? Where, <laughs> you, where, where are you going with this? And then he mentioned um, it was great to see Sammy Lee as, as Sam Allardyce's assistant because, and I quote, they work well together. Well, they're working horrible together because they're going down. <laughs> and then and then going back to Newcastle, um, after 35 minutes, I, I made a note that I was absolutely howling. Because we had nothing and we, we, we didn't offer much, he, he said, um, Leon Osman, the co-commentator, said, uh, well, at least we know uh, the players are putting in a good shift for Steve Bruce. Well, is, is that it now? As long as they put, look like they're putting in a shift, we've got to be happy. And then finally, the, the, the icing on the cake was the classic old Ian Dark said, well, taking a Newcastle job should come with the government health warning. Now, you're, you're sitting there thinking, is this, are you really trying to win over your... your, your uh, your viewers here, because the majority of people, no disrespect to West Bromwich Ivy, but the majority of people will be Newcastle supporters watching that game. And he's coming out with, it comes with a government health warning. All right, so she would just not get a manager ever again then? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> and I, I just, it's just, it's well, just ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's a good point. They're, they're redundant. <laughs> managers can't do anything. It's all, all down on the players. Well, well that's a good that point. Um, sort of everything's rubbish. I, I, just, I just find it baffling how... They can see what's going on in front of them, but yet again, they the, the don't sort of narrow it right down to where the problem clearly is. And we've discussed tactics or lack of, we've discussed players, and as Ben said, we've got some bloody good players. You, you don't go from mid-table to relegation threatened after spending, what was it, 35 million? And all four of them players were apparently improvements. Change the subject a little bit there, so apologies, Mickey, but it just pisses me off, the, the, the commentators coming out with stereotypical rubbish like that. You spot it, doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense, does it? And, you know, you, you wonder what it takes, what's what's it going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for, for other people other than Newcastle fans to realise how bad it is here? You know, there's, there's virtually no... Like, like, Jake Humphrey is the only one, he's the only pundit that I've seen so far criticise what's happening up here, and it's it's just laughable, like... True faith and, and and the many other fan channels, all of which produce good content, should not be producing better content on Newcastle United than Sky Sports with like a five billion pound yearly budget. It's just a it's just a joke. It's like it's like none of them ever watch the match and then come in thinking that they know what they're talking about. It's it's, it's a farce, and it? it doesn't. It, you just, know, just one final point, Mickey, before we we'll move on. The narrative is I've noticed the narrative change today, mind. It's not about Steve Bruce will be able to keep us up. It's about Steve Bruce will now be able to take us back up. <laughs> I've seen that today. And that, for me, is rubbish journalism to support a rubbish manager. So, so what happens when we get promoted? If we get promoted, then under him, does that mean he automatically gets sacked? Or we're just going to give, we've got to give him a chance now because he's took me back up? It's, it's, a, lo it's a load of shit. 
absolute bullshit. And people need to wake up and realise that, you know, <laughs> if Steve Bruce is manager next season and we're in the Premier League, I'm sure we'll come to it, Mickey, but <laughs> the, it'll be interesting to see exactly how many supporters turn up. We're going we're gonna to come out of that last, and it's, a, it's yeah. a massive question for Newcastle United, I think. But um, we'll just quickly we'll talk about what Bruce has said after the game. Si, I know you were particularly, and you have been all season, particularly angry with what, what Steve has had to say. Look, um, I, I sympathise because he's a, he's a total idiot and he basically talks with his foot in his mouth the whole time. But someone needs to just give him a shake and say, Steve, man, just, just keep it simple and just say actual real-life stuff. I mean... He start. We all picked up on this, and I think uh, Dodsey tweeted it from the account. He laughs. Yeah, he's asked the question: Can we expect more from Newcastle? I mean, it's a bit of a strange question, but can we expect more from Newcastle towards the end of the season? And he just sort of laughs at the question, as if to say, "You think these lads are capable of any more than that?" Like it's just a, a baffling, baffling way to to respond to that question. You should be saying, "Yes, we're we're capable of better than that." No, fails that one. Uh, it was difficult considering the circumstances. All right, fair enough. He's had a bit of a rough week, but um, it's, 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 his fault. That way. it's his fault. Yeah, um, we always knew it would be difficult here. Did you? Did you really? Did you look at uh, West Brom's, you know, seven defeats in ten, and the fact they've won three all season, and think, oh, this is always difficult? Villa went and won three nil there. Man U uh, four or five nil. Man City five nil. Yeah, right. They're better teams than this, but you know, people have hammered them at home, and we we thought it would always be difficult going there, um, and then. Here's one for you, for you, lads. I've been laughing at this all afternoon. The one of the last things he says was, "The players have showed we're on this." I quote: "The players have showed we're on the same hymn sheet as everybody else." What? <laughs> That's exactly what the, 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 the players have showed we are on the same hymn sheet as everybody else. <laughs> Don't know what it means. Don't know what it means. Um, and then he kept. He just kept repeating: "We have to find a way. We have to find a way. Find us." I, uh, if you haven't found a way by now, mate, there's no chance. It was just it's so. De- I need to, to switch the game off as soon as it finishes because it's so demoralising watching him try to explain what we've just watched and try and try and provide some sort of optimism that it's not going to be the same the following week, and he just fails in every capacity. <sighs> just on, uh, yeah, just on Bruce's quotes. I don't know whether you've seen my tweet last night. I, I was looking through some old uh, some old magazines from the eighties, shoot mag. Uh, shooting match and things like that just for some retro stuff and obviously when i seen uh, some interviews with uh, steve bruce when he was at uh, norwich at the time i thought ah, i'd be interested to see what a young steve bruce was talking about and one of the questions was if you had to quit the game tomorrow what would you do and steve bruce aged 27 at the time turned around and said knowing my luck i'd probably end up doing the bins i can't <laughs> think of i can't think of anything else I'd be good at. So, Steve Bruce, in 1987, turned around and admitted that he would not be very good at anything other than playing football. So, Steve Bruce should listen to himself. What's that? 43 years ago. Well, the the, bin, the bins wouldn't happen, man. 33. We're not that old. We're not that old, Vicky. 33. <laughs> Honestly, that, that, like. Every 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 word that comes out of his mouth now it just makes it worse. Like every every week I get more and more annoyed. So I I've stopped watching it. I kinda of watch them anymore in real time because it just makes me so angry. I turn it off and then I like I follow it on Twitter afterwards so I can like space it out and do some other stuff so I don't get so angry. Like I feel like I, I kind of summed up my attitude towards the match at the minute. Um when I texted you lads saying that the, the match wasn't gonna be the worst part of my Sunday because afterwards I had to clean the kitchen. 
it turns out I ended, I ended up cleaning the kitchen and listening to Fulham win, so it did actually make it worse. But that it got me to thinking about what what things are like for us as fans now, and and, and I wonder like we're, we're on the cusp of, of of some fans being back in the ground, and I think I'm I'm sure they've confirmed this week, or maybe they're on the cusp of confirming this. They're going to allow the penultimate game to be played midweek, so that every team gets one chance to have a to have a home fixture with ten thousand fans. What do you think that would be like for, for Bruce at the end of this season? And what would what would it be like for him now if, if we were in the ground? I mean they'll they'll do well to get ten thousand, I think, at the minute. Um <laughs> it's it, would I, you go, I think, honestly. Like would you go? I, well, you, you just said there, Mickey, like what what prospect have you got of going and enjoying yourself and and having any there's literally no hope at the moment. I don't I I don't think I've ever in in sort of my sporting match going time i don't think i've ever felt as low as this i mean even under previous terrible terrible managers you carvers and, and mclaren's all them like i don't know that it was as clueless as this i mean i don't know the carver one's a bit of a carver got out the bag we, we had that jonas west ham game didn't we under carver that was like the the one saving grace where the players the players dug him out we were, but, um, we, we were 10th under carver so even as bad as it was it never really yeah. felt like we could go down i mean it did go down the last game of the season but he had such a good starting point that it was impossible really to to actually go down from there but yeah it, it, it it's not that different really I, I, it's just i i, I just can't see any as as you say, we've played the two worst teams so far and, and got absolutely nothing out of it. There's there's no real prospect of of any sort of joy that I can see. And and the way we're playing and and the, the you've just given a couple of quotes there. The bloke does not have a clue that, that he's saying we need to find a way. He does not he does not have a, an answer. He doesn't know. He doesn't have a way out of this. The only way is getting relegated. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're talking about would would the fans actually? I mean. If, if the fans were in the ground, would, would we make a difference with the players in terms of giving them a bit of confidence? Maybe. I mean, you, you kind of look back now to, to some of the, the games last season and I think back to that new game where we won 1-0, Mike Longstaff obviously scores. Like, the, the atmosphere was absolutely rocking and, and you could tell that the fans did have an impact that day and, and got the players up for it. And I kind of feel like that's literally the only thing that this club has got going for it now is, is if... If we had fans back on the ground, would at least potentially, if 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 they had, were in the right mind to get behind the players, that would give the players a bit of a boost and, and give them a bit of a, a, an energy sort of boost. But you you have to counter that against the fact that the instructions are getting off Bruce and the and the lack of attention to detail and everything else. There's so many factors going against this group of players um, from within their own camp. Like it it would be a disaster. Now. I just it it wouldn't take long for for the fans to to turn and. And as you say, the second we go behind in games, um, the pressure come on that it would turn really toxic towards Bruce, and 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 that's not going to be 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 any good. Um, and I think, and it's the, worse, the, I think it's worse than that, Ben. I th- I, like, I, I wouldn't allow him a second. The only reason I would go back to the yeah. match this season if I'm one of the ten thousand is to shout at him. Yeah, but the the problem is, Mickey. I don't know that that's gonna. That if 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 the reports that we're hearing are true, that he's basically got the job for next season to try and bring him back up. Like that's that's absolutely. Then it, it, what's what's the point? We're wasting my breath. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is. A, I, I think I think we'd get a, a similar crowd to what we had under McLaren at the end of his tenure, which was you know, borderline nasty. Everyone hated him. Everyone wanted him out. There was there was vociferous, you know, chance in every game, virtually every every 
this place pass was booed. I got I got to that point, I think, under McLaren. I think this is worse, personally. I think we're a worse team. I think we're, the manager is significantly worse than anyone we've had in recent times. And Mark, I thought you, you, you wanted to compare what's going on now with previous um, relegations, and I think you see some similarities. Without a doubt, but the only difference here is, is that we're not trying to do something about it. And, you know, again, it, it depends on your narrative. People are saying perhaps uh, Mike Ashley's learned from his mistakes and he doesn't want to change the manager because if they went the last two times he uh, we got relegated, he changed the managers. But isn't that the whole point? He changed managers to try and stop relegation. <laughs> this time he's sticking with the manager who is going to take us down, you know, and... Uh, the, the just, just on that, just on that point, Mark. There, sorry, interrupt. That's that's. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when I heard people talking about that. I can't remember who it was, but somebody was trying to sort of go into the mind of. Oh, sorry, I think it was um, it was Luke, wasn't it? it said something yeah, fr- about fr- friend of the show, Luke Edwards. Yeah, Luke. Luke had obviously sort of came out with a a comment around um, sort of. You can understand where Mike Ash is coming from, and and I, I understand what he was saying, but the mental thing is, is that the the they're not sort of mutual exclusive situation series like Steve Bruce what what happened before does not change the fact that Steve Bruce is the worst manager we've had and needs to go like there's there's no way around it. oh well circumstances are slightly different this is I think this is rock bottom in terms of this is the worst we've been in and as I say where the hell is is any sort of positivity coming from from this bloke yeah I mean I mean Again, like obviously, I've got a few years on you lads, and I remember the um, the first time I witnessed us relegated was nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. Um, it was a little bit embarrassing to be honest. We sacked we sacked Willie McFall after um, after seven games, and it took me eight games to get a replacement because I had no one lined up. The people that were trying to get um, just weren't interested. They wouldn't touch the job, and we ended up getting Jim Smith, giving him a hundred thousand pound a year, which sounds. It's well, it's nothing now, is it? But back then, that was that was one of the most well-paid uh, jobs in in the, in, in football. He li- we literally sacked a manager after giving him, I think, about three million. Again, sounds nothing, but he was backed for the first time. Give him seven games, sack them, eight games to replace him. That 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 was just just an absolute joke. So there's been worse situations, but I, th- I think. When I think back to that season, at least they made a change. Um, when Jim Smith was appointed, there was an instant reaction. We won a few games. And then going into the final run of the season, it was in our hands. I remember going into um, going into a, a Easter Monday game against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. If we had won that, we would have moved up to 14th. And that was, <laughs> that was ridiculous, considering we had been bottom three all season. But we give ourselves a chance to pull out of it, as it happens. We're not finishing bottom, <laughs> but the whole the, the, the whole the whole point I'm trying to make is, you know, um, at least we tried to change it to try and stop going down. At the moment, it just feels like the club are accepting that we're going to go down. And God, if we are going to give, if we do go down, and Steve Bruce is there next season, I I, I just can't see the point of going to the games because why would you want to go and watch Steve Bruce managing the championship? You don't want to do it in the Premier League, so why in the Championship? But just a quick point about the, the runs, uh, Mickey, before I give it back to you, mate. You mentioned before, you're right, uh, two wins in 18 in all competitions, but I just did a quick check. Um, two wins in 16 at the moment. Um, the worst run in the last relegation season, two wins in 16. Uh, McLaren also had two wins in 14 as well, mine, so he's not getting away with Scott free. 
In the 20, uh, 2008-09 season, we won two of our last 20 games. Ooh. So, you know, oh. yeah. And the season I've just referred to there, 1988-89, that was probably the worst season in memory for a hell of a lot of supporters. But we still won. The worst run was two wins in 15. And just another little quick point as well. We recently had a run of, was it one goal in eight games in all competitions? That's that's. I've checked it through. That is the worst goal scoring run we've had that I can ever remember. Going through all my stats, what, one remember, goal in eight remember. games. That's what, Sorry, what's that, that mean? You remember everything about Newcastle as well, so that's well. It's it's just it triggers your memory to uh, your mind to go back to certain seasons. Go well, that was shit that season. Let's go and check that out. And you're looking and going, Christ, it's worse now. And and this is what we're dealing with, lads. And this is where when the likes of um, journalists and media. And uh, I say talk sport what it again this morning, tell me that Steve Bruce is doing a good job. How, how is Steve Bruce doing a good job from taking with from a mid-table side, not progressing when that was his words, to on the verge of relegation? 11 games to go. And that Sai mentioned the Brighton game. That now is the most win game. It's as simple as that. Look, I, I, I'm I'm now convinced that it's a it's a spite thing with uh, talk sport and some of the other pundits, they just get a lot of grief off Newcastle fans for the rubbish they spout. And then they're petty enough to just make it about them against Newcastle fans and wanting to be right and we're wrong. So I just, I just, I mean, I've met at TalkSport and, and various other outlets because it's not, not worth getting upset about these days. But um, it does bother me that their their views are um, being, you know, spoken on national media and fans of other clubs form their opinions based on this rubbish. But, you know, it is what it is. Never mind. Um, I'll not lose sleep over that. Um, I'm sure the, the the more educated supporters of every club will know the you know what how football really works. Um, you only have to tune into one game, Si. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not all um, planned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking back at the, um, the 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 Luke Edwards comments um, were were bizarre, and I don't even think they made sense because he's only sacked a manager once um, before in an attempt to avoid relegation and it was McLaren and it had had to be done. We're literally in the relegation zone and nobody in the world wanted him to stay. Bruce has got this weird cult following from some of the media, some supporters who just seem like to be like to be contrarian or like, like the local, I don't know. Um, It's kind of, What's scary about it is that uh, he just seems to be so untouchable um, by so many, and that's probably because Mike Ashley won't watch the games. It's probably affecting his judgment, the way he's being perceived by pundits and and ex pros, etc. Um, but if you look back at the oh eight or nine season, it wasn't a, a sack, and Joe Kinnear just couldn't come back to work because he his heart blew up. And yeah, again, I think the the biggest issue at the time, as it is now, wasn't so much that. Um, that it happened and it was late. Shearer wasn't a manager, you know. He hasn't done it since, and it was just it was a very failed attempt at just getting a bounce. He thought, well, if we put Shearer in charge, we'll just get the same bounce that he got when he put Keegan in charge the the previous year. And you know, the Keegan one worked spectacularly. We, we finished that season so well, and I think did we finish like seventh or something mental like that? Maybe not that high, tenth, tenth. Anyway, we're, we're finished in form, and he probably like thought he'd get, this, he'd get away with it and get the same bounce uh, by putting Shearer in charge, and it didn't work. Um, but that was only because the, the manager, he would have left Joe Kinnear in charge that season as well, I think, because he's his pal. 
if he hadn't had to go off because he literally had a heart attack. So I don't think he has um, tried sacking managers and doesn't think it'll work. He's only done it once. So it just, it's just nonsense from Luke Edwards, that I'm afraid. And I think uh, that doesn't explain the logic of why Bruce is still in a job here at all. So I, I think it's more that Ashley doesn't really keep a close eye on things. And I think I said it a few weeks back, Charnley and Bruce are far too scared to admit, actually, Mike, there's a real danger of us going down here. We're knackered. Um, Charnley, whenever he speaks to Ashley, he'll be going, yeah, yeah, we're fine. He's got it in the bag. It'd be all right. You know, he's, he's our man. You know, don't, don't, don't worry. We're not even in the relegation zone. What's the matter with you? We're still a good, we're still a point clear. I think they'll literally be telling that to Mike Ashley and he'll be like, all right, fair enough. I'm off to, off to the casino again. You know, I, I just, I don't think he's that arsed. They're, 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 I, 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 you're probably right, Si. I bet they're still um, sort of relying on the fact that we've got Fulham last game and they'll be thinking, oh, well, we'll beat them, we'll stay up. Matt Ritchie's bang on. Steve Bruce is a coward. Lee Charney's a coward. That's exactly it. You know, the, the frightening thing is if if Mike Ashley is not wanting to make the same mistake again, the mistake isn't isn't changing the manager. The mistake was leaving it too late and that is what he's doing again. Like, there's just... There's just no logic. There's just no logic to anything anymore, though, is there? And that's that's the worst the, thing. Is the mistake was a logic. yeah. Sorry, Mickey. The mistake was appointing Steve Bruce, and it's easy to sit here now, but all four of us, I would imagine, knew that appointing Steve Bruce would end up where we are now. It's it, the only thing what's what's kept, I suppose, Steve Bruce getting a little bit unnecessary plaudits is the fact that it's took a little bit longer than we expected to. <laughs> But but we are where we expect it to be. I've said that before as well. I think it took longer than we expected to uh, undo Benitez's work. I think the the squad, the, the team spirit, the the squad's kind of never die mentality saw us through last season. There was a lot of games where we were picking up points by getting late equalisers, by getting late late goals that, that got us points. That was far more down to the uh, the mental strength of the players and they're kind of keeping in in games that Benitez had instilled. That's gone now. That's absolutely gone. And it, it just took a bit longer for that to be dismantled by Bruce, by one, bringing in more of his own players, by having a whole year of coaching the team. Now, he can't, he can't now, t- he spent most of last season saying he hasn't had time to to implement his own style and to basically admitting that the team was still playing an old way and it worked. Uh, you know, under Bruce, we still managed to be, you know, reasonably safe the whole year. Um the, the gloves are off now and Bruce is trying to manage this team himself now. And look what happens. It's it's exactly, as you said, Mark, what all of us said last June or whenever gloves, it was June, July. The gloves are off, Si, and, and the, uh, the frostbite a lot worse than we imagined. The gloves are off and our pants are down. And yeah. I think just to sort of, you know, elaborate a little bit on what Si is saying in a way... Um, it's not just us who have said it, though. I mean, I interviewed the Aston Villa supporter who was, I couldn't believe what I was listening to, actually. And to put that into print, I was just, I had, I had to narrow it down as, as best I could because it was just scathing the way he was going. He was going, I, I understand what you're going through. And then when I interviewed the uh, the Sullen supporter last year for a podcast, uh, 30 years I've been his pal, and he, he couldn't say anything in, in great praise for Steve Bruce. He said he, he'll get off to a decent start. He'll then be backed, and then it'll be everyone's fault but his. And look what's happened. It's so you're looking at three huge clubs. Doesn't matter how you how you you know you you merit it. Villa are a huge club. Sun are a huge club. Newcastle are a huge club. Huge fan bases, fantastic supporters. All three clubs supporters are now wrong about one man. Come on, 
yeah, and he's going to be hated by all three sets of fans, um, which you know probably quite sad for him as a man, but as a manager, he deserves it because it's been terrible. Just uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons, lads. I wanted to, I wanted this to be a positive podcast. It hasn't been, I'm afraid. Um, I have no positive content to report. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought before this weekend, I thought there was four games where we could get points. One of them, we've got one. Um, so that, that gives us, in my opinion, three games left, two which are the last two games where we can get any points at all. Even if we win them all, still only puts it on 36. That's dangerous. And our next three games, we've got Villa at home. Villa are beatable because I haven't got Grealish, although he's, he, he's in with a uh, sniff, I think, of getting getting back in the team for them. If he plays, we'll, we lose. If he doesn't, we might have a chance, but I still think we'll lose. Brighton away, biggest game of the season. Biggest game we've had in years again. We'll, we'll say that again. The last biggest game we've had in years was shit. The one before that was shit. The one against Brentford, shit. So yeah, I, have, I have no confidence that we're going to do anything there. And Sai, as you mentioned before, Brighton hammered us at home. This is away. And then Spurs away. That's three games where we're probably going to get zero points. And then and then where are we then? Eight games away, probably two points adrift. It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And that's that about does it for tonight, lads. Um, I, I I, again, if you want to finish on a positive note, Mickey, as I said uh, at the start of the show, there are games there where you just never know if Bruce just gets an absolute fluke box and somehow we'll get like a 1-0 win. I think Spurs at home could be one of those games. Arsenal at home could be one of those games because you don't know which Spurs or Arsenal show up. We will win a game when the other team doesn't turn up, as we have done a few times this season. It's not because we'll play well, but other teams have off days. Man City will have won the league by the 12th of May. They might not be asked. You just never know if we'll get something out of these. They're the games you expect us to get something out because the games against the teams around us, the other manager is going to be prepared and wanting to win that game probably more than Bruce because he doesn't seem that bothered about winning. But it's the it's the other matches where that probably define our season, ironically. It's the, it's the games against teams whose seasons are pretty much done, like Arsenal, like Spurs. And Spurs will probably still be Champions League. But it's, um, I, I just think that it, the only saving grace for us now is, is a fluke box win somewhere. And that, that could still happen. So that's a positive. Well, I, I mean, you've heard it all. Uh, you, you've heard it all now. In two podcasts, I've had Cy Campbell claiming that five at the back against West Brom away will be a good system, although it might have been better than what we, what we put out there, and then saying that we're going to beat Man City. <laughs> what a, what you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. I, I'll, I will give you £10 for free if we beat Man City. So I'll right. take this podcast down by the time that that, uh, <laughs> that game comes on, just in case. Um, that, so that, that does it for us tonight. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. Um, if you've liked what you've heard, give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube. If you like the podcast, we do plenty more available on Patreon for, I think we're paying pounds now, so £5.50 a month. And the real exciting news is the most recent edition of the fanzine is now on sale on the website. We haven't got loads left already, so if you if you do want one, get get stuck in as quick as you can. The cover's brilliant. Got cracking, um, cracking cover of Glen Roder, uh, which is, you know, absolutely necessary in the circumstances. A great servant for the club twice. Um, the remainder of this week, we'll have the preview show, which Alex is going to host. We've got Charlotte's live YouTube show before the match on Friday night with Andy Griffin and another guest, I think Mark, possibly yourself. Um, and then we'll have the free podcast probably recorded on Saturday, hopefully after a win against the worst team in the world and the worst place in the world, Aston Villa. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.